0: I see some empty pews. Someone must have got the word out I'm preaching today. Well, <laughs> oh, we are glad that you're here. Uh, glad that you're with us today and uh, glad to fill in for Brother Matt. And because of so many that may be stranded at home because of the ice and everything, uh, may be watching us online today. And uh, Look, Mom, I'm a televangelist now, so... Uh, <laughs> Maybe you're having a lot watching that way. I see some visitors out in the crowd today. We're glad that you're here, and uh, we are encouraged that you're with us today. We want to invite you to come back and be with us each and every opportunity that you can be with us here at Fountainhead. Um, Roman, thank you for the song service. That was the sermon. We're just going to try to put a little icing on that cake and talk about God's amazing love this morning and think about some things that I hope will strengthen us along the way. Uh, in John chapter 3, verse 16, uh, probably one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible, uh, and yet maybe a misunderstood scripture. Uh, turn there. I'd like to read that verse again and, and some verses that follows it and, and make a few thoughts uh, from there and, and kind of build a lesson from that. that they have been done in God. And again, you know, we, we look at this uh, scripture here and we know that God does love this world. He gave his son to die for us. That's what it tells us. But it also tells us that, that the reason that Jesus came to this world was to save us, which gives us the understanding that we have been condemned already. From the days of Adam and Eve, we've been condemned. Jesus came to save us. And we must also understand that there is something we must do on our part to accept that salvation that God has given to us because he loves us so much and that Jesus was willing to do because he loves us so much and his part was that of dying on the cross that we might have our soul's salvation. Now, as we think about how God cares about us, we need to understand that God understands your life. Whatever's going on in your life right now, God understands that. He knows what's going on in your mind. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what's going on around you. He knows uh, the physical pains that you have. And uh, some of us, as we get older, we have those physical pains, don't we? Those knees start giving out, hips and other joints, and uh, we get some other pains in the body from time to time. God understands the physical pains that we go through, but He also understands the emotional pains and the mental pains that we have from time to time, disappointment that's going on in our lives, maybe from family members, maybe from our friends, maybe something that's going on at work, maybe it's just something we're struggling through ourselves. God understands all of those things, and He knows what's going on in our life. And he understands when we have spiritual struggles also. He knows the spiritual struggles that he has and he loves us enough to help us to find a way to get back to him. You know, the Bible is full of ways to help us to understand God and to motivate us to come to him, to to be a follower of him and do uh, the things that he would have us to do. And it pretty much works the same way as the father-son relationship or father-child relationship that we have in our own families. Well, what do we start out with? Well, first, you know, there's that motivation of fear that, that we have. That motivation of fear, you know, the little children that we have, we have to give them a little motivation by fear. Sometimes it's with that spanking or whatever form of discipline we may have. We, we give something there to put a little fear in their mind. I can remember well enough that there are some things I would start to do, and then I go, whoa, well, no, I don't want the consequences of when I get called. So I don't do that. And that's, that's the thing that we put into the minds of our children uh, as they're little. In the same way, with someone that's learning about God's will, maybe it's new to them, and they get studying the Word of God, they get reading the Word of God, and they find out that there's this place that people are going to go, that some some souls are going to go someday, and it's a place that's of fire and brimstone, and there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's it's going to be darkness there, and it's everlasting. It's going to be forever. Who wants to go to that place? You, know, you read about a place like that, I'm going to get far away from that as I can. I don't want to be any part of that. And, and, and especially when you see the part that once you're there, you're there. You don't get to leave. And so fear comes upon us. If we truly believe the Word of God that we must follow Him, and if we don't, we're going to end up in a place like that. That fear motivates us to say, well, I'm going to do a better job in doing what God would have me to do. But then... You know, as our children get older, then we start motivating them by rewards. You think about that. We give them rewards, or you can do some chores around the house, and you get a reward for that. I always liked uh, Dave Ramsey's plan about this. He always says that uh, he't allow- he never gave allowances to his children. He gave them commission. You know, you, you make up your bed, you get so much. You take out the trash, you get so much. You know, as you get older, you mow the yard, you get so much. You get, you get what you earn there. And so there's that matter of reward. It might be money. It might be a, 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 to go out to eat at a certain place that they like to go or, or some other uh, present or prize that they might receive. And so with that, there's a reward there. And that motivates us to do other things along the way. But you know, as we read in the Bible, then we see the reward of heaven, don't we? We read of that beautiful place called heaven, that beautiful place. Once we get there, then all that pain we talked about a moment ago, it's gone. That physical pain's gone. The emotional pain's gone. The mental, all the spiritual pain, everything has been removed from us. And we're a place of happiness. And once again, once we are there, we are there. We stay there forever. And that's a good thing. And that's what we want in our life. And, and so that reward motivates us once again. Let's try to do God's will so we can get there. But then, as we get older in our lives, as an adult child, then we understand the matter of honor thy father and thy mother. and We honor our parents. And mom and dad ask us to do something We do it not because we're afraid that we're going to be punished if we don't. We don't do it because they're going to give us a reward if we do. But we do it because we just simply love them. We care about them and we want to honor them. And if they want us to do a certain thing, we'll go do it for them. We'll do whatever we can to be pleasing to our parents. So we read about what Jesus did for us. As we get more mature in our spiritual life, we read about what Jesus did for us and we get an understanding of God's will and we get an understanding of what, how Jesus died on the cross for us. How can we honor God? How can we honor the Son of God and remember him that we can be pleased, pleasing in their sight? And that's the things that we start thinking about at that point. So we need to examine our lives. Let's just stop and take uh, stock of where we are right now. Are we doing things to please God because we're afraid of where we might go if we don't? Are we pleasing God because we want that reward in heaven someday? Or have we got to the point now that we're pleasing God just simply because we love God? We understand what God has done for us and we want to be the child that's well-pleasing to him out of our gratitude and love that we have. Well, let's say we got to that point now. We, we're we at the point that we simply do things because we love God. What does God want from us? By the way, I forgot I had a PowerPoint up here and it's not even working anyway. So can we flip a couple of screens, please? Okay. We talked about the fear. We talked about the reward (laughs) we talked about the love let's go one more let's think about this now what does god want from us what does he want from us well before we answer that what can we get for god that he can't get for himself god's creator of all things isn't he and he can create for himself anything he desires. He's the creator of all things, and and so uh, with that he can do anything he wants to do for himself. So what can we do for him that he can't do for himself? Well, actually, the answer's nothing. But there's something that he does ask of us. Go over to Second Corinthians chapter three. Let's look at something. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at the first three verses. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on the tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Now, I see some youngsters paying attention out there. That's good. What is an epistle? What is an epistle? That's just a fancy word for a letter. You write someone a letter. Today, you probably text message, though. <laughs> We don't write letters anymore. We text message. But uh, we used to write letters before we had technology. You get an ink pen or a pencil and you get a piece of paper and you write all you want to say to somebody. You'd write that letter to somebody. And that's what this New Testament's all about. It's letters written mostly from the Apostle Paul, some of them from other people, that they're writing to uh, certain churches or to certain individuals along the way to help them in their spiritual growth. And Paul is writing this letter. It's a second letter that he wrote to the church at Corinth. And he says to them that you are a letter written in our hearts. In other words, when I see you coming down the street and I see you, you're a letter. I can read you. And I'm reading that you're a Christian. And I'm reading that you're doing things that's uh, for God. And you're doing things to uh, be a blessing in God's kingdom. That's what he's talking about right there. But he's also talking about something else in this verse. And that is that God wants to write something on your heart. God wants to write something on your heart. Guess what it is? It's on the screen over here. I love you. That's what God wants to write on your heart. I love you. I care about you. And then he wants to take that message that has been written on our heart And as we go about in our daily lives, he wants us to share that message that he wrote to us. God loves me. Isn't that amazing? God cares about me. And I'm so happy and I'm so joyful. God loves me. Guess what? He loves you too. Some people don't know that. And we share that message. God loves me and he loves you too. He cares about you. And this is a message that we need to share with everyone we come in contact with in our life. This kind of love will help grow a church. The last time I was able to preach from this pulpit, we talked about the Ethiopian eunuch. And we talked about he was a man and he had his Bible, Well, of those actually scrolls. And he was this man that was heading back to Ethiopia and he was reading the Bible, and he did not understand what he was reading. Philip got up in the chariot and explained to him, and we find that he preached to him Jesus. And finally, the question was asked, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And he said, if you believe, you may. And, and the Ethiopian, uh, Philip took the Ethiopian man down into the water and baptized him. He came up out of the water rejoicing. But although the scripture tells us that he preached Jesus to him, You know what I believe a part of that lesson was? Is that God loves you. That's an underlying message in anything that we uh, study with someone. When we're studying God's Word with someone, the underlying message is God loves you. God loves you enough that He sent Jesus to come And now I'm preaching to you about Jesus. I'm telling you about Jesus. And this is what Jesus did for you. All because God loves you. And he wants you to go to heaven someday. And there's how you do that. And so he tells them, well, now here's some water. What else must I do before I'm baptized? And all he had to do was acknowledge his belief and he was baptized same thing is true over in Acts 16, uh, the Philippian jailer. Think about the Philippian jailer. Here he is. He's about to commit suicide. And there's Paul and Silas, and, and after the midnight hour, they're studying with him, and they're, they're talking to him. And he has the question, what must I do to be saved? And we'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved, you and your household. But then he goes on and teaches them about Jesus Christ. And as he teaches them about Jesus Christ, he had that message once again, God loves you. God cares about you. And this is what God has done for you. He brought Jesus to die on the cross for you. And here's how you need to respond. We find that uh, that very hour that he and his family were baptized into Christ. So that's what they did. And we can look at other Bible examples of this also. We can look at those same kinds of stories where someone was preached to about Jesus. But it's all about God loves you. And that's why Jesus was sent. So, God has wrote this message on your heart. I love you. Now, here's what he wants from you. He wants you to love him back. (laughs) God loves you. He just simply wants you to love him back because of that. Let's think about that for a moment. When you love God, we will come together as we have this morning to to worship him. That's what we're here for. We've sung these songs of praises we have sung about the love of God this morning and filled our hearts with the, the words of these tunes that we've sung. And we're thinking about that same message right now. And, and when we get together, all these things are to strengthen us. The Lord's Supper is to strengthen us as we remember the death and suffering of Jesus Christ. Now, I know our services are canceled today because of uh, the weather But under normal circumstances, we would come back at 5 o'clock. Why not come back at the evening services? Those of us that come back at 5 o'clock, why do we come back at 5 o'clock? Why do we come back on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock? It's because we love God. You know, I can tell you my reason. It's not so much that I'm concerned about that I'm going to lose my soul and I'm going to end up firing brimstone if I don't. It's not so much that by doing this I'm pleasing God that I'm getting ready for that place in heaven someday. But it's all back to I just simply love God. I appreciate what God has done for me. I am so thankful what, what God has done and I want to come and praise him in song. I want to come and be with my brothers and sisters in Christ and pray together and study together and learn together that we can be strengthened by the love of God. Well, someone else still says, well, I don't understand why we still have to come back on Sunday night or, or Wednesday night. Let me ask you another question. Do you love your spouse? Do you love your spouse, those of you that are married, if you're not married, pretend like you're married a moment. Do you love your spouse? Do you have to kiss them? Do you have to give them a present? <laughs> Do you have to come back on Sunday night? Do you see a little connection there? <laughs> and if someone says, "Well, no, I don't have to kiss them. I, don't, uh, I tell you what your marriage ain't going to go very well, is it? <laughs> You're not showing your love back to that person very well, are you? And see, this is another way that we express our love toward God is when we come to worship Him. And that's what He's asked us to do. I'm going to ask you another question, kind of strange. Has your dad passed on from this life. And as I look out here, I know uh, many of you have lost your father already to death. Some of you still have fathers still living. But as your dad passed on, what, what if he left you a letter? You know, uh, Say he say brought back a letter from uh, able to write a letter from the dead and somehow it comes back to you. Or I've heard of this actually happen before where somebody knew that their death was near and they would write a, a letter to their spouse or to their children or whatever and put it away, but it wasn't discovered to maybe a week after the, you know, the, the person was buried or maybe a month or maybe a year. And all of a sudden, that, here's that letter from your dad that you didn't know about. He is dead and gone and you got that letter. Do you want to read it? Wouldn't you be curious about what he has to say to you? You know, you love your dad, you care about your dad, and then you read the letter. I can picture a lot of people doing this. You're going to read it again, and you're going to read it again, and you're going to read it over and over and over again. Why? You love your dad. You miss your dad. And you're just so glad that this one last letter has been given to you. And you want to read it and you want to see what he has to say. Well, let me tell you something. Our Heavenly Father's written us a letter too. Here it is. (laughs) This is the letter. Now, if we love God, don't we want to read this letter over and over again? It's a lot of reading in there, and we can stay busy reading this letter constantly, every day, studying it, understanding what God would have us to do, understanding that God loves us and telling us what we can do to show our love back toward Him. And we need to follow what that that letter tells us. You know, as I read this letter, uh, Jesus tells us a story uh, over in Luke uh, 16, I believe it is, about the rich man and Lazarus. And, And you think about that story. And you remember in that, there's that rich man who wanted to send Lazarus back to warn his brothers. Remember that part of it? And Abraham said, no, That even if we send them back, your brother's not going to listen to them. Even if they got a message back from the dead, they wouldn't change their ways. But let me tell you something. As I think about that story, if there's some way that Lazarus could send a letter back to any one of us, if there was something wrong in our life, Lazarus would say, hey, you need to change that because I want you to be with me. I want, oh, it is so good where I'm at, and you want to be with me. And if the rich man could write a letter back to you, and there's something that's uh, failing in our life, he would write the same thing. You need to change that. Change it, make it right, because you don't want to be with me. <laughs> you don't want to be where I'm at. And so those were are warnings that we get, and basically that's what we're getting here. We're getting warnings from the Word of God of helping us to know what path to take in our life so that we can have that home with Him someday. God has written us this letter. He's told us the truth about all things and we need to follow that truth, whatever it may be. Do you love God? Well, if you love God you must love your family also. Now, am I talking about your physical family or your church family? Actually, both. But I'm more thinking this morning about our church family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because God loves every one of us and he loves every one of us equally, by the way. Whoever you are, he loves us all equally and he wants us to love each other. And he wants us to care for each other in the same way that he cares about us. Now, we may not understand all of the pains that each, other's, each other have. Sometimes we hold those things into ourselves, and only God would know if we don't tell other people. But what we do know, we need to help and share with each other. And bring comfort when we can bring comfort. Bring help when we can bring help. God wants us to love our family and care about our families. You know, as the song says, God's family, sometimes we laugh together and sometimes we cry. And there's going to be some times we have heartaches. There's going to be some times that we might be at odds with each other. We might have a difference of thought. But we still have got to come back together and have that love and care for each other as God directs us throughout all of the Holy Scriptures. And so we need to have that love for each other. Can we go one more screen, please? So this morning I asked this question, what is your message to God? Are we sending back that love toward him? Are we saying, God, I love you. God, I care about you. I'm going to come together on the Lord's Day and worship you. And then seven days a week, do all that we can to be pleasing in the things that we do. This morning, I also asked this question. Have you obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? As we go back and think about that Ethiopian eunuch and that Philippian jailer, that's basically it. The story was told to them. They didn't even really know who Jesus was. But they were told the story of Jesus. They were told the story of God's love. Now it comes down to this. Do you believe it or not? Or are we in that place of being unsure of it? Well, if we're unsure, we need to investigate more, don't we? But if we believe that story, then we're going to find in that story, it tells us that we must be baptized for the remission of our sins. Before we do that, we even need to repent of our sins. We need to change our ways, our thinking. If we're doing anything that's contrary to the Word of God or to the will of God, we need to change whatever it is. And then we can have those sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. When we go down into the water and come up out of that water, we come up as a new creature that we can be pleasing in the sight of God. And then from there, we need to be faithful unto death that we might receive that crown of life someday. And these are the things that he says that we must do. I hope you've done that, but if you haven't, this morning we have that opportunity once again. It's cold outside, but it's warm in here, isn't it? And we'll be glad to take care of your needs, whatever it may be, if you need to be baptized into Christ or if you need the prayers of the church in any way, there's some way we can help you. We're going to ask you to come as we stand and sing.